Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Daniel Ricciardo, who's back, like I said, at the Red Bull Fold. Now, they do these big... Uh, season launches. Mostly they're online these days, but I've done plenty of them. They do the big launches, they introduce, and it's all very lighthearted, um, but it is very Formula One. The, there was a Spanish lady who was in charge of proceedings here, and this is how it unfolded for Dan. Welcome back. Eight-time Grand Prix winner and one of the friendliest drivers in the F1 grid, Daniel Ricciardo to Oracle Red Bull Racing. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that's politically correct these days. No. <laughs> how do you come back from that? I mean, how, where, where do you go to next? I like it. He's such a well-humoured, likeable guy. I listen to him in podcasts with Smartless, right? And it's with uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, a couple of other guys, and he was on. They got him on. Man, he's just so good, so charismatic. Doesn't take himself too serious. Like I think he he's the sort of guy that Australia. It's how Australians like their sports stars. I totally agree. I, I've witnessed him firsthand throughout his Formula One career, and the funny thing is about Daniel Ricciardo, and to a to another extent, this was Mark Webber's great strength too. Mark comes across as a lovely guy and, and a very down-to-earth kind of guy, but underneath there's a fighter in there and underneath is the hardest of hard workers. Michael Schumacher loved Mark Webber because he worked as hard as Schumacher did. Loved him for that. And Daniel ricardo has got that X factor about him when it comes to hardness and toughness. Yep. But he's got the personality that nobody, I think, has brought to Formula One. Well, James Hunt, of course, back in the days, yep. but we're talking the, the sterilised world of Formula One. This is Dan Ricciardo on Stephen Colbert. Have a listen to this. To what do you attribute this explosion of, of uh, popularity now in, in the States? I was going to say something serious, but I think ultimately it's probably my good looks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty serious. <laughs> well, he's got a serious smile and he knows it, right? He, yeah. he knows. And weirdly enough, there's actual truth in that. There's, there's, Maddie, there's truth in yes. that, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing: that when it all came down, that he that he got the resolve from McLaren, and I was looking at the options for Daniel, and one option was to sit the whole thing out, another option was to do what he did, which is keep half a foot in but stay out of the pressure, mm-hmm. and the other option was to go to Haas, which is an American-owned team run by Gunter Steiner. He is ready-made for an American team that is desperate to keep pushing because they're making ground like never before in the world of sport. Off the back of Netflix and off the back of Dan, he's the closest thing that you're going to get to the perfect American driver out of Australia. Matty, you nailed it. The net, the Netflix special on on the, uh, the F1 has been incredibly important and so good for that sport because what it's done, it's humanised the sport, right? Suddenly, you're seeing the human side of the drivers. They've got their helmets off. You, you see the the charisma. You see their backstory, something like that, and and really importantly, it's it takes the it takes the onus off the billionaire owners and the big engines. It actually because that sport is about it is about the the human side of the game. It's it's understanding the personality, understanding the characters. We've seen that before. When people understand the characters in the game, 
then they fall in love with it. There's a couple of examples. Individuals who have transcended their sport or taken it to another stratosphere. Jonah Lamu, right, with rugby. Mm. Um, I mean, Palais, when, when they took soccer to America, Palais was at the forefront of that. Uh, there's numerous, I mean, the obvious one, Michael Jordan in basketball. Mm where suddenly the NBA came this mega sport, not just in America, but around the world. And when Jordan retired, you remember in Australia, there was a sort of short period there until the emergence of guys like Kobe and that as superstars. There was a short period where it almost disappeared from the landscape in Australia. You know, you know firstly was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird retiring. Then you had Michael Jordan going and it took a while for... Well, Shaq you know, was next. Then you had Shaq that came along, and then suddenly you get guys like LeBron and Iverson that come along. It is understanding the personality, the human side of the sport. There's an interesting side, I think, too, about the Netflix effect is that people think it can happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. So every sport in the world's doing it. Now, I watched the first episode of Breakpoint, the, the, uh, the tennis one, and I, I would give it like a D plus in terms of yeah, trying right. to achieve the Netflix effect uh, because it was interesting. Yeah. But, hey, did you really learn anything about Nick Kyrgios? Did you really have the curtain pulled back? And one of the keys on drive to survive and the keys to its success, and this is why I reckon it's unique, and a lot of sports don't get this. They all think that they can do it. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why it worked in Formula One is Formula One lived behind a curtain in all facets. They weren't allowed on social media. Bernie Eccleston controlled everything, where you could walk, where you could stand, what you could see, what you could say. You did not know anything about anyone. And this is coming from somebody who had an all-access areas pass mm. for a long time, and, and I still couldn't see a lot of stuff. Yep. So when they pulled back the curtain on Formula One, there was a whole stack of stuff that we learned about the game itself, yes. the people in it, the industry itself, the drivers, the cars, everything, yep. all this stuff that you didn't know. Yes. So to my, to my way of thinking is it's all right to say let's do a, a Drive to Survive Netflix Um, show on say tennis most people understand the game of tennis most people know what a game and a match of tennis is of course so you don't have to educate them Mm. a lot of people don't know and didn't know about formula one so you're educating them along the way plus you're adding the personalities so i think when you go looking for the magic dust Mm. and supercars is trying to do it but supercars have had the Mm. curtain pulled back football we know everything Mm. well i wonder what you're going to get out of a Netflix effect doco, which has been on the radar for a while, out of State of Origin. Yeah. What what don't we yes. really understand or don't yeah. we know about State of Origin? Well, uh, television is just so mega important to bringing out that human element, right? And, and Matt, an example I use is um, the effect that, that Rupert Murdoch and Beast Guy B taking over English soccer, the effect that ha- that had on English so- soccer, taking it from the old Division One to the Premier League. And I, I interviewed... David Hill recently, who was at the forefront of revolutionising that, the Australian, Novocastrian. And he was discussing, but also there's a book out at the moment, I think it's called um, Premier Fever or some words to that effect, and it talks about the transition from the, from the old Division One to the Premier League. And they described that the old Division One in its final days is they went and had a look at a, a game and they said it was, a, he said it was increasingly become a slum sport and he said played in slum stadiums. And he said the other thing, they turned up at the game and he said they saw no women in the stadiums. They said, which said it all. Mm-hmm. English soccer were in the boat. They, they were out, kicked out of Europe. It was really, hooliganism was wild. They cleaned that up. They did the stadiums up. And importantly, they just changed the way they broadcast it. One of the things they did 
rather than just have about three or four or five cameras in the ground and just shooting the long shot, suddenly they had 30 cameras and they're doing the close-ups, yeah. right? Now, you didn't need to do that for people to know, you know, back in the day who George Best or Palais or guys are. But for the people who were, who were the hard-working professional, suddenly everybody knew who they were. And they said before – it became, when it was in the old Division One, most players could walk down Piccadilly in the street. No one knew who they were. But suddenly the emergence of the Premier League and the close-up shots, everything changed mm. as far as that sport. And if you look at the EPL now, it's, I, I, it's only second to the NFL as far as what players get paid. It's just a monolithic beast. Now they don't have to walk down Piccadilly. They can just fly over it in their own helicopters and look down on the great masses. Well, but I'm, David Hill, the, the godfather essentially of wide yeah. water sports in this country and, and an absolute innovator. And you're right. It's at the end of the day, what do the TV cameras do in that, mm. in that part? Back to your point, they bring in the they personalities. Bring, it just amazes me, the EPL, the money that's come into it, how, how quickly it continues to grow. I, I remember the period when it was about the third league. It was Serie A first. You had La Liga, yeah. and then you had Bundesliga and sort of EPL just fighting it out at third until it's – and now it's just emerged, emerged, emerged. And, you know, I remember when the Brazilian Ronaldo, when he went to Barcelona from – when they, they bought him from PSV Eindhoven, and it was the world record, 16 million pounds. Everyone went, wow. Now there's guys every single week going for 120 million pounds. Good, hardworking pros going for 60 million pounds. Mm. And the Messi-Ronaldo thing, it's just, it's it's mind-blowing. Mm. It's the effect, uh, however you get it. And right now it's the Netflix effect. This is the Roundup. We're going to chat about Jackson Hastings after this.